welcome to the Scary Basement Jump Scare. Each month, me and my friend Roxy find ourselves suddenly and jarringly back in the horrifying scary basement, and we are never ready for it. I'm Mikey McCaller, and I was in the middle of taking out the trash, letting my cast iron pan soak and eating right. And I'm Roxy Polk, and I was just thinking about the existential dread of human existence because I just played the video game Soma. Soma! Mikey, have you played this game? <laughs> uh, I have played that game. You know what, Roxy? Since we're down here in the scary basement, what do you say we do what we do when we're down here and uh, recap Soma? Let's do it. I'm going to be honest with you, Roxy. I think I'm going to be able to keep most of my body because okay. uh, I, I did get to a point in this video game where I was like, I don't like this gameplay anymore. And really? I just, I just watched oh. the YouTube video. Oh my god! And I liked that it. Makes me so sad. So much more. <laughs> I okay. Was so enamored to be watching this game instead of playing this game. Um, okay. But <laughs> that's for, as long as you enjoyed it. That's oh, very the much main so. Goal for me. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you say we get into the plot recap? All right. Let's do it. We begin the game playing as Simon Jarrett, your average everyday guy who has a head injury. After a car accident that killed his friend, who is maybe his girlfriend, Simon goes to see a doctor, David Munchie, to help fix his brain bleed. Munchie sits Simon down for a brain scan, and Simon blacks out. And it's then that he wakes up in the robot future. Yeah, I guess I should say that this takes place, what, in Canada in, like, 2015? Like, basically, like, the year the game came out. So it's supposed to be, like, modern-day, just Canada, when you're walking around... Yes. And it has that really cool, like, twist to it where, yeah, you wake up in that chair and suddenly you're like, wait, what? Yeah, they do do a pretty good job of, like, setting up. You're just a normal dude. You have a, a job at, like, a bookstore and you are you have, like, a phone call with your boss that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It's good. It's a like, good setup. Yeah. And I do feel like I've lost something when all of a sudden I'm like, oh, surprise. You blinked in. You're like, sit down in this chair and blink. He's like, oh, just take a second. And then you wake up in the future. Yeah. In this place that is very strange. It doesn't look anything like any of the technology or structures you're used to seeing. Yeah. It still looks human made, but also in very bad shape. <laughs> I described it as looking like some sort of space station that's sort of yeah. decaying. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, you have no idea you could be in space. Could be anything. You don't know. Roxy, do you think back to the first time you played this game. What did you think was going on? I think in that, um, I, I avoided a lot of trailers. So I didn't necessarily know mm -hmm. the location of where it was at. So I think until they revealed that, I did think that maybe we were in space or mm. something. I um, was so certain we were in my man's mind. Oh, okay. And we were going to go through and fight monsters and everything, but it would be like fighting the uh, the parts of your bleeding brain. Like, that's how you would <laughs> fix your brain. I was so sure. Oh, okay. Is that what's happening? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Simon wanders around this space station, dodging scary goo monsters, and also putting his hand inside some goo friends. Friends, huh? That's an interesting <laughs> way to phrase that. They look like these weird cyber demon butthole things. And it's just like, what is that? Roxy, if you walked up to me and put uh -huh. your entire arm down my throat, uh -huh. I would not consider you a stranger. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're close now. So is that, we're saying that's the WoW's uh, throat then? Is that what it was for you? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the PG version of what, <laughs> what it's put inside of. 
<laughs> we soon learn that Simon is in an underwater facility, not in space. It's owned by the company Pathos 2. Simon meets a number of robots who believe that they are human beings. Now, this is a, a, a big moment for me. Carl is his name, right? Yes, yes, Carl. Okay. I was like, let's, we gotta talk we about gotta Carl. We gotta talk about Carl. You're, you're <laughs> in this game, you're running around, you're solving puzzles, you're like flipping switches and opening doors. There's a little bit of like monsters chasing you. And then you Yeah, but like you honestly have no idea what's going on. Right. Nobody you can talk to. Nothing makes any sense. You're just mm-hmm. like, I guess I'll open this door and go here. Right. <laughs> so you find this robot named Carl. And God bless him, he thinks he's a person, but you're like, no, you look like, he looks like uh, like a 1950s kind of science fiction-y robot. Yeah, like, like a, boxy a, robot. I think he's got like claw, clamp yeah. hands, even, doesn't even have like a, eyes, like maybe he has some digital optics kind of, I think, but and basically y- it. You go and you find a switch that's going to unlock the door you need to get through or whatever, and yeah. you flip it, and it fucking electrocutes our guy Carl! <laughs> Yeah, and he's, like, screaming in pain and, like, asking for help and asking you to stop. It's really bad. It's, like, really (laughs) troubling. And I'm just like, okay, I immediately ran back and turned the switch off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, me too. And you cannot progress in this game if you don't throw the switch on and leave it on. Yeah. To get And, like, the the way Carl, too, keeps insisting, because, like, if you keep talking to him, you have the ability to be, like, no, like, you look like a robot, and he keeps insisting it so much that eventually your character is just like, uh, okay. All right, dude. Sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, it feel it's very, um, a man who would hassle you at 7-Eleven energy. You're just yeah, like, he even has, like, right, an dude. accent, too. Like, is it a Boston accent or something? Oh, it might be. But, remember. like, after you flip that switch, too, you go through that doorway, and then you're greeted with Carl's actual corpse that right. has, like, his ID card, and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so we got two Carls, one digital, one human. That's upsetting. At that point, Simon, our player character, gets a radio call from a woman named Catherine, and he puts on an underwater suit and walks at the seafloor to go find her. Well... <laughs> I think, isn't that when you're chased by a monster and you unlock, or, like, you lock yourself away from the creature, but then trying to escape, it basically, like, caves in the ceiling, and you're in a dive suit? Could or, be. Sorry. You, it happens, like, a couple of times, so I can't remember yeah, if that's I, the I first remember time he, or like, the second he, like, time. like, digitally, like, looks at his hands in, like, a space suit, yeah. like, forms on him or something. Yeah, because, yeah. like, th- what, this whole time you've been seeing it, whenever you see your hands, you're seeing, like, your flesh human hands mm. not in a suit or anything. Yeah, he just, um, like, grows <laughs> an underwater suit, which is cool. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So, Simon goes on a little quest to find Catherine. When he does find her, oh, no, she's a robot, too. <laughs> she's but chill. Catherine's mind has been uploaded, scanned, and placed inside something other than her birth body, which we find out is also what happened to Simon. This is what happened to Simon when his brain was scanned. They took his memories, his his personality, and they uploaded it. And now his body or his uh, his brain has been transferred to another body. So we're like, okay, yeah, great. I, this is what's going on. I, I think like Karen, uh, Catherine even uh, refers to him as being like a legacy scan or something. His brain was like the prototype he's like the unity tool or Mm. something that like comes with the brain scan kit to teach you like how you do this Uh uh-huh our very own adam 
Yeah, so who knows how many times he's been, like, uploaded and messed with and deleted and whatever. Oh, at least four. Yeah, I mean, like, also, you don't know how much time has passed, I don't think. Maybe there's a date. I think there might be. But just, like, a lot of a lot more time has passed than uh, Simon thought. Yes, he basically. went in in the year 2015 and woke up later. Yeah, I think it was, like, 2020. We eventually, I think we eventually find out it's, like, 2104. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was gonna say, I knew it was, like, at least a hundred years, I think, or so. So, Catherine's consciousness is now in a little handheld computer chip, while Simon's consciousness is in the body of a dead woman. That's cool. <laughs> that's a cool reveal when you find out that there's another Wait, you're, employee. like, skipping ahead. Well, yeah, that's, like- there's, I mean, and, the, and this is kind of why I got into, like, um, watching this on YouTube as opposed to playing uh-huh. it. There's a lot of, like- Go over here. Unlock the door. You need to find the security code. And it's like, all right, what is what's going on? I think these. Well, are, there's a lot of definitely like stop smaller... me if I'm if I'm missing something cool. Um, I'd say something important would be the guy who's like being corrupted by the WoW and talking about how you see more of the WoW like taking over the station, taking over robots, taking over dead bodies, and like keeping mm. them alive through like weird false organs. Like there's this one lady you encounter who is gasping for breath. And is like, please, it won't let me die. And it's got like an artificial lung stuck to this wall mm-hmm. that's connected to her body. And so, so the it's wow like, is like this goop that's kind of, this is the goo stuff that is kind of like yeah. corrupting this station. It looks like, like mecha organic kind of. Like it doesn't look completely organic because it's got like these blue lights in it. Mm-hmm. But it is like this weird black goopy kind of like oil uh, substance as well. Yeah. And it's like, it's powering the monsters, right? Yes, it's definitely keeping them alive or, like, corrupting them or something. Like, each of them kind of have different, different, what would be the description for it? Like, ways they've been distorted, I guess. Mm. Uh, like, no no monster is distorted the same way. Right. Uh, so we've got, the, so the WoW's in play. The WoW, yes. do we, do we so, know what the WoW is at this uh, point? Yes, the WoW is the computer that is supposed to be keeping the station together, because there's multiple different station lo- like hubs mm-hmm. so it's like overall one giant station but there's each i think there's like beta gamma theta sigma like different structures that do different things mm-hmm. uh, to keep their whole superstructure going i guess um and so they needed a computer to kind of control all of that and also like regulate you know keeping them alive underwater <laughs> with everything else but so i think one of the technicians maybe it's the technician who was looking over it his name is escaping me right now, but he gets a little too in deep with it and becomes obsessed with experimenting with the wows like goop. Yeah. Putting it into humans, putting it into other things. What happens when we start throwing artificial intelligence into our bones? Yeah, and he starts doing it to himself as well. It's a very kind of Birkin moment. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, the wow is cool. I, I never really got it, I feel like. But okay. I liked the element of it, that there's just this artificial intelligence that's kind of gone rogue, and it's also kind of soupy. And yeah, they, like, everywhere. describe it, they describe it like a cancer. It doesn't have free-thinking thought the way that, like, you know, a sentient being would, but it has a objective, essentially, mm. which is, like, to keep things on the station alive and running, and then when things go bad and people are dying and yeah. <laughs> shit, uh, that gets distorted. And so it's like bringing people back from the dead, right? Yeah, so, like, keeping people alive, even if it's, like, a horrifying body horror situation that they didn't ask for. I love it. (laughs) So we find out 
We find out that OG Simon has been dead for at least a hundred years. The Munchie treatment didn't work. We find a heartbreaking journal entry where Dr. Mm. Munchie tells the original Simon, like, I'm sorry. I tried to help you. I couldn't get it done. Broke my heart, Roxy. Yeah, it was very well acted. And it's very sad, mm-hmm. especially because it's like a voice recording. And so you hear like Munchie and Simon. And Simon essentially like kind of makes his peace with it. And he's like, well, thanks for doing all that you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if my brain scan can help people in the future, you know, that's enough for me. So, and that's what starts to get into like the the interesting part of this story. It's like you've been having an experience as this person just going forward and you find out mm-hmm. at some point what actually was you, what originally was you died and now you're just picking it up. Yeah, like you're just the the copy. You're a copy of the original. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're inhabiting the body of like a dead woman who she's been decapitated essentially because they needed to put the mechanical parts, which is some opti- optics and the wow's structure gel mm-hmm. is holding it all together. And like the only reason why it works is because when Simon looks down at his hands, there is a human body there, even if it's not his. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like his perception makes him not go insane. Right. The way many other robots on the station have, <laughs> uh, including the monsters who come after you. And the robots do in real life. Yeah, in real life right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, uh, what's that dog robot that can run very fast and open doors? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> he's based off Astro from the Jetsons. Is he really? No, I don't know. I just said a thing. I couldn't think of the right. name of the actual thing. I know you're talking about, he does little flips. Yeah, yeah. Very cute. <laughs> so at this point, we find out that down in these sea labs, the scientists of Pathos 2 are in fact the last human beings alive after a comet struck the planet and killed everyone on the surface. So we got Catherine, yep. who has a plan to save humanity. We're going to yeah, take a satellite. She she kind of figured out a way to, or she invented the way to do this using the brain scans that uh, Simon mm-hmm. is basically doing that with the crew. The idea is to shoot a solar-powered satellite into space mm-hmm. with the brain scans of everybody from Pathos 2, the best of the best. definitely not insane last people left after (laughs) yeah the the craziest (laughs) people who have kind of turned into monsters (laughs) yeah and so she also builds them this like matrix like alternate reality that is she describes as this like beautiful place where all the brain scans can go live for eternity and it sounds nice but also to me i don't know how you felt about it kind of haunting yeah, I mean, like, it kind of gets to part of the ending that happens in the game, too. But, like, as you're progressing through the various locations to, like, get this objective completed, uh, you run into other people who have, like, signed up for it. And a bunch of them did a weird, like, suicide pact thing. They didn't tell the captain. Catherine Chun had no idea they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, after they take their brain scan, they kill themselves because then there's only one right. authentic them that is in the system and they're not still trapped in their human body. And I think it's like, they think, I don't know whether it's because they only want to have one of them or mm-hmm. um, they are thinking it's transferring instead of copying. I'm not sure. Well, everybody's also like very obsessed with like the purity of the self. They're mm-hmm. like, I am the true self, but am I the true self? I'm the scan. And so like, that's what the suicide pact is about. They're like, well, I'm going to make the true self, the me on the arc. Yeah. And I don't know. I did not agree with that. I was like, we can all be our true selves. The true self, they're all the true selves. 
They're all just people. I do want to ask what you did. There's a woman who, uh, she's, she's just in a complete robot body that is kind of like damaged and just sitting underwater. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she's in the ark because she had the brain scan. And for whatever reason, her mind is also in this robot. Mm. And so she's talking about how like, oh, you know, it looks different than I thought it would. <laughs> Yeah, where are all the others? Like, I'm, I'm just kind of on my own. I'm a little confused about that. But hey, Catherine really did it. Um, and you can just leave her down there by herself, thinking she is in the ark. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can end her and unplug her. Well, I'm surprised. What did it, you do? I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. This game is obsessed with giving you the option to euthanize people. <laughs> Um, I don't know that I, is it possible to skip her or? Oh yeah, you don't have to kill her. She's optional. Like Carl and the little robot. I I don't know that I found her. Oh really? Okay. She's like in front of a door talking. I guess you can like choose to not talk to her maybe. This also could have come when I had switched to YouTube. Maybe that. That's unfortunate that it's a really neat little interaction. There's also that part with the, I think I saw you playing part of this on Twitch, um, with a little, like, helper robot who is, like, mm-hmm. opening doors for you. Yeah. And then you need, like, a power cell. The little robot has it, but there's also some, like, weird deranged but conscious robots down there mm-hmm. who also have it. So you can essentially choose to, like, oh, I need to progress so I can either kill this little helper robot, well, kill, quote-unquote, however you want to interpret it, or end these other guys over here who have been, like, vaguely hostile, but not, like, outright attacking you. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they don't understand where they are, and they're kind of just, like, in this loop repeating what they're saying. Not because they're NPCs, but just because they are, like, fucked Stuck up. Stuck in a loop, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're just in a loop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, did you choose to go after one of the, like, rambling guys, or did you go for the little guy? I went for the little guy. Okay. Uh, and I don't remember why. That was actually, I think, the last part of the game that I played. Because it was so hard to, like, pick up the stun rod and just, like, aim your little (laughs) mouse cursor with a controller. Like, I was like, I was here. I was in this location before. And it just didn't give me the option to pick it up because I wasn't half a degree over. And I was like, I'm going to enjoy this story way more if I sit back and let it happen instead of, like, clumsily trying to force it. Yeah, there's some parts that are just really expansive, mostly the underwater parts. Kind of like when you're in the facility, it's a little more clear where you're supposed to go. But when you're underwater, you're just like walking on the ocean floor with these huge expansive environments. And with the exception (laughs) of like a part later where you're just following lights Mm -hmm. um, in like a straight line, essentially, and avoiding danger. That part that you were talking about, you're just like let loose on this huge area and have to figure out what to do. There's a lot of like cool atmospheric like notes or like... uh, memories from dead bodies that you can uh interact with and stuff but um at the same time if you're looking for just how to get to the next objective it can be a little obtuse in that part yeah it was tough um okay so Catherine's plan is to save humanity by putting some brains on a satellite but something goes wrong the arc never launched and that goo freaks start getting created they're goo, goo freaks, Roxy. Yeah, he's he started killing people, like, in, injecting so much structure gel into people that they would just, like, die. And he, I think he himself did that to himself. And then he, like, got back up and his body disappeared. And they're uh, like, what? Love that. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, we are following Simon and Catherine as they explore the station. They solve puzzles. They hide from monsters. They wrestle of the question of what it means to be alive. 
as they find themselves in a lot of people where they have <laughs> someone, a lot of situations rather, where they have to euthanize someone. <laughs> it keeps coming up and I liked it every time. I was like, we're doing this again. Um, are you going to touch on the part where like you have to trick some of the other brain scans? Ooh, no. I'm not no, sure because that, that's around that same area. I, I did watch that. Yeah, though. so yeah. there's this part in the simulation where you need, or, well, not in the simulation, but you need information from a character who is deceased, but he has a brain scan, um, that you can stick into, like, the machine and ask him questions. But because it is basically an entire human mind, he's a little more perceptive to be like, wait, this place is weird. It doesn't make any sense. Wait, what are you doing? What are you talking <laughs> about? Where the fuck am I? So, like, you have to come up with a location and a voice to emulate and like, information and, like, a way of talking to convince him to give you this code. Right. It's very funny. You have to, like, set him on the beach or something. You can, like, put him, <laughs> make him think he's on the beach. Yeah, and, like, he gets freaked out by it because he was like, wait, I was just in this chair getting my brain scan. Like, why am I on <laughs> the beach? <laughs> And so, like, you have to emulate, like, his dead girlfriend's voice, but, like, Catherine is very... One of the interesting things is Catherine's characterization in this game. I really liked it, how she's kind of disaffected, but at the same time feels more at home in, like, a robot body and, like, mm. free of her human body than, like, any of the other characters. It's probably one of the reasons why she's still sane, can along I, with, like, everything else. Can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. Catherine... Every single time, Simon was like, this is immoral. We can't do it. And Catherine's like, nah, it's fine. I was like, dude, Catherine gets it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree with Catherine anymore in every turn. she Because she's just like, no, they're just fucking robots. And he's like, oh, but they're thinking and processing. It's like, so fucking what, dude? <laughs> yeah, they all killed themselves and they all died. And then you bring them back and who yeah, like we're it, marbles in a bag, Roxy. Nothing matters. The universe is chaos. What is meaning? What is self? The answer is nothing. It's a babbling brook. It's spitting out too many popcorn shrimp that you put in your mouth. It's gibberish. Nothing matters, and we should kill all the robots and bring them all back, and nothing will change. Well, that's uh, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, that you're bringing up the dynamic between Catherine and Simon mm. throughout the whole game, because they're kind of just, like, talking about the nature of existence and, like, the self and the human mind, especially because, you know, Simon is somebody from our time period, mm -hmm. you know, from our viewpoint, he is our viewpoint character, having to wrestle with, like, this insane situation and also realizing that he himself is not human anymore <laughs> like in the traditional sense so then it is kind of like yeah are you just like your mind like can you exist in a different body like this and feel the same yeah i can so, and i do yeah i exist I in mean, my mind and my body and sometimes i lose one and then sometimes the other and uh again don't give a shit whatever <laughs> happens to my body or mind fine it's all happenstance so Along the way, we learn about the goo, which you already talked about. It's called the warden unit. Uh, wow. I wonder if that's why the word <laughs> warden was stuck in my head. <laughs> that's gotta be, yeah. I didn't even think about that. The WAU, but it's gone nuts. It's putting people into everything. This is my favorite moment. When you, like, there's, like, a submarine you can escape from, and you find out that the submarine is sentient. <laughs> and it's like, what's going on? I'm a submarine. And then the submarine just, like, escapes. <laughs> No, I think I it's, isn't that. it the, the WoW technician guy trying to stop you and guide you towards the WoW? Cause he's got, 
throughout the game, you've been seeing visions and shadows of this guy kind of like saying these weird cryptic things to you. And you're yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck you mean. Am I going insane? Who knows? Mm-hmm. This game's really good at, at, at like leveling up its mystery. It's like once you yes. learn exactly what's going on and exactly where Simon is, then you're like, okay, well, what is this goo? And then once you kind of figure out what the goo is, you're like, okay, who's this man? And what happened to the Ark? And like, it, it, yeah. it's really good at like doling out its secrets. Yes, it's pacing. I absolutely love it. Like, I played this game multiple times and watched it played multiple times, and I feel myself going back to it quite a lot, just watching other people's playthroughs and stuff, because yeah. they do such a good job at the pacing, as you said. It's very good storytelling. <laughs> now, with their only vehicle that can get them to the Ark alive and scared, what the hell did I just write? Because they're going deeper and deeper. They're going the- deeper. There's there's just one vehicle Down that into can- the water, too. So they're going to get, like, combusted. Yes. <laughs> Simon and Catherine have to go to the deepest ocean, and to do that without getting crushed, they have to transfer Simon's consciousness into another, more pressure-sensitive robot body. Here we learn how the brain switching works. It is not transferring, it is copying. So, when Simon sits down to put his brain into a higher, uh, a better diving suit body, he wakes up and he's in the body, as one would expect. But then he hears another Simon in the room that sat down to transfer his body. So where there was one, now there is two. This is the problem that the suicide pact was trying to avoid. All of a sudden, who is the true Simon? And the only one you can choose is yourself because that's the one you're playing as. Yeah, and like, I think the... The body in that one, or, like, that one was powering down as well, right? Or at the very least, like, it can't go anywhere. Like, I think you've got a monster on one side of the door, and then the abyss on the other. So you're just faced with this idea of, like, are you gonna let yourself sit here in, like, nothing and, like, go insane or just exist in this room? Yeah. And also, I think that's when you learn that Simon is inhabiting a corpse, essentially. Oh, that, is that like, when the corpse detail comes up? Yeah. And so, like, you also have to try and find another body, another headless body that you can use for that, <laughs> which is very, like, it's quite twisted. Because you have to find that, and then, like, the little, god, the head is, it just looks like some computer chips with some eye goggles on it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a neck stick cord thing to just... <laughs> jam it into the corpse it's pretty good then you use the structure gel it's it's quite uh horrifying and this again extremely interesting as the game wants you to do it makes you choose whether or not you can euthanize yourself roxy which one did you choose i couldn't let him sit there i was like i oh yeah yeah i did and i didn't feel great about it but i felt better than leaving him there see i I definitely left him there oh shit (laughs) it's like a nightmare though well because it's like, I don't know, maybe he'll find meaning there in a small I mean, little room. Maybe he'll kill himself and take that choice on his own, and I wouldn't fault him for it. But he can figure that out. He'll do it himself. Everything is nothing. The world is chaos. It's very interesting to learn this about you, about like, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things I like about this game, too. It does kind of make you make these mm. choices that are essentially optional. Like, yeah, you can just walk away, or you can <laughs> kill him. Which or is you- also the funniest option. You can think about the implications of both of it. And also, like, this whole time, Catherine has been essentially, like, telling Simon that it's a copy. You're a copy. It's not a transfer. (laughs) And, like, he doesn't get it until then. And he, like, gets mad at her. And she's like, I don't know how many times I can keep telling you. It's very funny. 
Like, it's and so such it's like a- you can understand his like rage and sadness at it because mm-hmm. he hasn't processed it. But at the same time, it's like y- you have no choice but to confront it. Sure. It's very like it's frightening in a way that like it wasn't a harder choice for me. I felt okay. I felt like every time they were presenting these big options to me, I was like, well, it's obvious. You just do this and let him make the choice. But Simon, huh. the character that I am playing as and ostensibly empathizing with is like, are you insane? You're a <laughs> monster. Do you care about people at all? And I was like, uh-oh, do I? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides to that, too, because being more pragmatic about it. Or, like, more of, like, a realistic take on it, or, like, trying to be hopeful, like you were talking about, how it's like, oh, maybe he would find meaning somehow (laughs) if he was given a chance. I think I would be really good if I got stuck in a room for forever about figuring out a way to find meaning. In that little tiny room with something that wants to kill you on the other side and the abyss on the other. I'd write poetry. With nobody with you except for a corpse. (laughs) I would write some beautiful poetry, and I Where are you going to write it on? In my brain. Okay. And then I would be like, once I really like something, then I'll just repeat it over and over Uh and it'll get seared in my brain. And I don't know, maybe I'll figure out a way to scratch into the metal. And then the aliens will show up and find the last dregs of humanity and you're just sitting in a corner repeating the same lines to a poem. (laughs) (laughs) Rocking back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) The words I love you are uh, the words that can be spoken to a love most true. (laughs) So, Simon... Leaves his former body on the ocean floor. Got an upgrade. They, they euthanize him, and then they head out to the deep ocean. Or not, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in the deep ocean, Simon and Catherine meet Sarah, the last human alive. I love Sarah. She's still kicking. She's great, yeah. She's on a life support system that uh, the WoW is powering, maybe? Or is she a, a no, separate No, she's from not. WoW? She very smartly, like, partitioned herself away from the WoW. Mm. It's kind of the whole thing is why she doesn't trust you initially, because she's like, everything's insane down here. Why would <laughs> I trust what you're saying to me? Yeah. Um. So she's kind of, like, locked in this room. I think she's on an IV drip, though. She's, like, super skinny. You know, she can't even really move. She can barely even, like, talk to you and look at you by that point. But she um, is the last- And I think last... she's, like, tw- in her 20s also. And she looks nothing <laughs> she... like it. Like, it's very- Interesting and that. heartbreaking. Yeah. I would have guessed she was like 45. Right? Minimum. So, like a yeah. sickly 45. Yeah. But she is the last remaining human that is purely human. Yeah. She's the entire it. planet. <laughs> but it's like, wow, she's on a life support system. So it's like, what does it mean to be alive, you know? <laughs> wow. A lot of big questions. Well, she essentially <laughs> decided she was going to guard the the Ark because she mm-hmm. they had a fight. Her and the other people who were taking it to get launched, they were like, well, the – was it like the slingshot or like the rocket thing? Yes. They were like, it could have been damaged. We could just send it out there and it'll explode and then there's no humanity anywhere. So we're going to keep it here and not launch it yet. Mm-hmm. And so like everybody disagreed about it and so essentially it it never got launched for that reason so she's just been holding on to it in the hopes that something can be done well she can't move and she's just like we need to do something with it but i don't know what to do with it so that's why essentially she leaves it up to you Mm -hmm. you of course get the choice to euthanize her (laughs) yeah well she also asks you to yeah oh her i killed uh yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't playing i was watching it on youtube for sure by this point but i was Uh like oh i would have killed her yeah without question she asked she asked for it i don't know who am i and like 
her her last words, I can't remember them exactly, but I just remember, like, there's this sort of somber acceptance to, like, she is the last human alive, and mm-hmm. she's gone, and, like, you're there for it. How tight would it be to kill the last human? Oh, that would be extremely depressing. <laughs> I mean, the, I did then, it in the game. <laughs> then you're officially <laughs> the best human. You're the champion. But then, I mean, if you still exist as a human, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that works. Every... Pro wrestling championship, every Olympic gold medal, every Nobel Peace Prize, that belongs to you now. <laughs> no one else is there to take it. Exactly. Uh, so Sarah's gone. At this point, our heroes are, uh, I wrote heroes in quotes, like, <laughs> yeah. who am I trying to impress here? <laughs> our protagonists. <laughs> our protagonists are attacked by John Ross, another Pathos 2 scientist. This is the man who's been creepily popping into our perception. He has begun to merge... With the wow. He gives Simon the chance to euthanize the wow. <laughs> it's very funny. Yep. He's like, you're, explain this a little more, because I, I missed some of these details, but Simon has the power to destroy the wow. Yeah, like something about his blood um, and the way he is right now allows it. So every single time you've been putting your hand into those like weird <laughs> fleshy wow holes <laughs> mouth pots they call them yes mouth pot mouth pots pots so, pots of mouth pots okay you did say pots it refreshes your health so like if you were hit by zombies or like other creatures it it will hurt you but if you do that it will reinvigorate you essentially gives you health back it's very it, there isn't like a health bar or something it's just kind of vague uh, about it <laughs> very confusing i had no idea if i was <laughs> safe i didn't know how to make my screen stop shaking it was upsetting yeah well that's kind of part of it too it's what i like is that you sort of figure it out organically although maybe your experience will vary it was a little that. much it was a little much for <laughs> yeah me. but so yeah essentially you can destroy the wow and mm-hmm. he's like brought you here to do that and also this is a thing that i missed was this so you i the video i watched and i would have done it um i euthanized the wow. I definitely did too, because the way it is, it, it's just like misshaping things. Yeah. Like what, what is keeping alive? They're not being kept alive. That's not life to right. me. Um, you're not just your biological. The point of being alive is making choices. And when the wow comes in and starts making choices that I know my friends like Sarah and Carl would not approve mm-hmm. of, well, I got to get rid of you. I'm sorry. At that point, is John Ross eaten by the submarine? Is that what happens? Um, I'm trying to find, like, the exact play-by-play. So let's see. Some, something deus ex machina, like, John Ross, like, you kill the WoW, and then he turns to you and he's like, well, I can't leave you uh, out there because he, like, it, like risks the WoW coming back somehow. So, Ross recovered from the Abyss Climber rig, placed his body in t- inside a containment cell through the manipulation of electromagnetic fields, the WoW remotely directed structure gel inside of Ross to repair his body. And that energy, like, put a strain on the equipment and everything. Black boxes inside all the human staff, yeah. Mm. So that gave a bunch of them headaches. Let's see. Okay, so the ra- the WoW, like, kind of basically went insane and overloaded all the staff and the systems. I think you have the structure gel that you put into your new body. Mm-hmm. When you transfer, that is essentially, like, the virus to the WoW. Because, mm. like, you see images of the guy who is directing you there. Got it. So he, like, specifically has you use that structure gel. But in doing so, like, you would have to kind of die, I think, essentially. Because mm-hmm. it needs to absorb the poison. Right. 
So that happens. <laughs> that all that all yeah. stuff happens. John Ross, he's crazy. You know, he's like, now, uh, thank you for doing the thing I asked. Now I have to kill you. And then he gets killed somehow. Yeah. <laughs> something something explodes. I like to think it was the submarine. The submarine that freaked out before came back and just like, wow, I'm still a submarine. Well, and just plows well, through Well, he's like him. down there. Like you, you lose your arm. So if you choose to kill the wow, you insert your arm in. And then your arm is just gone for the whole rest <laughs> of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the WoW is essentially folding in on itself and dying. When that guy is trying to kill you, he actually gets killed by the WoW, like, crushing mm. him. Um, and you just, like, barely make it out. Uh-huh. So, after this whole encounter, Simon and Catherine reach the Ark. They get there. They found it. There they, of course, find Catherine's body. Catherine. Sadly. Human, human body Catherine, killed by her co-workers over a weird scuffle. One of those weird, like... Catherine, you're not getting through this door. And she's like, but I'm going through the door. And then they're like, <laughs> and then they're like, oh God, what happened? It was and like the argument. So like she wanted to send out the Ark no matter what. And then her supervisor was like, oh, but it could get damaged. And then there's no Ark at all. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we've only got one shot. We have to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to rot down here. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of like have a shoving match. He accidentally shoves her and she hits her head and dies. While she's trying to get control over the the Ark to send it up. Unbelievable. Catherine. And they just leave her where they killed her also. Like, you just find her there. And, like, the whole deal is, too, is that, as we said, Catherine seems to feel more at home in a synthetic body, Mm -hmm. uh, like, outside of her human body. But, like, she still never knew what happened to her human self. So she kind of, like, theorizes what could have happened and, and... there's an interesting kind of like somberness when she does finally have that realization. Yeah. It was my friends all along. <laughs> I guess that, yeah. <laughs> Once they reach the Ark, Simon learns that he's going to have to again copy himself to get onto the Ark. He does so. And there's this really tense sequence that I love it's where it's very like good. it downloads Catherine's personality onto the Ark and they're like, great. And then Simon's personality, it's like, Ted, nah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. stuck. It's like the most unsettling like copying a file on your computer progress yeah. bar because <laughs> like everything's like falling apart and you, they've only got one shot and if he doesn't download himself in time for the arc to shoot out then that's just it he's, he's not gone. gonna be on it yeah and the last minute the progress bar fills up simon yeah. made it onto the arc he's like Woo-hoo! he's so excited yeah he's like yeah Living. i it and he closes yeah. his eyes and he wakes up and he's still sitting in that same fucking chair and he's like, hey, what happened? <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to get on the Ark. And Catherine's like, you did. Well, they but- also use up like the last of the power as well. So the the power to the station is powering down. And so you're Simon yes. in that chair having done the upload with Catherine there. And he's like, wait, why am I not on it? He doesn't get it. And, and, and Catherine's like, we've done this before. Like, you know. Like, you're not, it's the coin toss. They, they come up with this thing of, uh, this, like, theory or concept of the coin toss. Cause, mm-hmm. like, your consciousness is still gonna be in this other place where you copied it, but, like, you're still but also y- here. There's still the other person who has a 50% chance of being the one left behind. Yeah, whichever, like, your perception is. So it's kind of like, yeah, the, just 50 50, and you're gonna, you lost the, t- the coin toss. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that the Simon that you've been playing as experiences, essentially, it's just like this fight with Catherine. Power goes out. Her thing isn't active anymore. And then you're just like left by yourself in the darkness in the crumbling station. Mm-hmm. But hopeful. <laughs> I mean, that that's like one version of Simon. So then It's you... again, that's that's the like idea that Catherine in like her final moments as she's powering down, she's just like, be happy. You did it. 
You yeah. You did get on there. And I was like, again. Yeah, and you did like, a good thing. You sent everybody else out there too. Yeah, Catherine's right. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I, am, I am happy for other me. It sucks yeah. it's not me, but I'm glad it's somebody. But it's like hard not to feel bad for Simon too, because like you still don't want to be stuck down there. Even if you could be happy for that other self, you you are still there. I think You're I would just write a there. lot of really great poetry. Yeah, in the darkness <laughs> in of the, the darkness. bottom of the ocean, <laughs> as a uh, you know, big metal structures are probably falling on you. <laughs> but so, sorry, I, I wanted to make sure we uh, got through how depressing that was. Before no, 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 no. <laughs> it sucks. It's 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 a it's a really interesting and cool ending that like. It almost felt to me like the story had been promising the whole time. It's like, wow, yeah. lucky again. You're the one who gets to go do the fun adventures. It's like, until the last one. Yeah. Which is a bummer. And it's just kind of like, that's exactly what happened to the Simon in the chair. He thought he was going to be the one going. Mm. And you're a copy, but it's the consciousness hasn't been interrupted for you. Right. So, like, you don't, because you don't have perception of it when mm-hmm. it's done in that way. Uh. Um, and so there's a post credit scene, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think the credit scene is where you see the arc go out. So it is in space. And, Mm -hmm. like, you get this really cool view of, like, the planet being destroyed and kind of, like, the arc going on its journey being smaller and smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. until you can't see it anymore. So, And then you see the other Simon's point of view for a second. You play as the other Simon, right? And so you are in the arc and you get to see what this beautiful world looks like. And it's pretty nice. It's like a lush you like open up in a cave and then you come out yeah. into like a jungle and it's the only like lush natural location we've seen the entire game yeah there's like natural light there's like the sounds of birds there's like a babbling brook you can hear like trees swaying like they did a very good job mm-hmm. to like have these different juxtapositions and locations and then and also like simon's in like his just his button-up shirt he's got his human arms right he looks like himself as he remembers himself and he wanders through this location and he finds human Catherine. yeah and she's, she's like, like i think she's she's like waving at him too so it's like yeah. the first time you actually get to see her and that's soma that's soma I will say, what did you think about that post-credit scene? I liked it because I liked that we got to see something about in the arc because I was very interested in it. And because there is two sides to that, like there is that existential like despair, but also there is that flip side of hope of, you know, they can at least live in a virtual world and maybe there will be a civilization or something will find them. Who knows when, if ever, at least we've got a shot, more of a shot than living down in the... In the ocean, so it was cool to be able to like see what that looked like, even if it's just very briefly, like essentially the lobby of this world. I wish there was a way <laughs> for them to have done it differently. Like it okay. felt, it felt like we were always in the perception of this Simon, and then it felt like a cheat to jump to the other one who like won. Like they were telling one story mm. about like, damn, wouldn't it suck to be the bad clone? <laughs> Basically, it was, yeah, yeah. And it, it felt a little cheap. I wish that our Simon could have found, because I think you're right, you need to get into that arc. To not see the yeah. arc would have been disappointing. But I wish yeah. there was a way that, like, Simon could have, like, right as it launched, they're like, and this is what it is. <laughs> and they like, be happy for your for the people who left. And then it powers down, and then he, like, loses it. I wish there was a way to have kept it perspective wise always on him and that just is maybe my like rule Hmm. brain that's just like you promised me it would only be from his perspective because then at that point why aren't we jumping into the other simon halfway through why aren't we jumping into but like we kind of did like from the beginning you know like we we play as human flesh and blood simon then we're playing as brain scan simon 
that we're but, playing a second brain scan side. But that's what I mean. Like we were getting this one line and then we were shown two lines for the last scene. So basically you just didn't want any interruption. You want to immediately yeah. wake up in that chair. Okay. Yes. I wanted to wake up. Like, I liked, I liked being stuck in the darkness in that final scene and seeing what happens to him, especially because like he can't, you know, power down his self, his second oh, yeah. self. You no, know? I like, wish, you don't... I wish that was the <laughs> end. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Just like we didn't see it then. Okay. Right. I wish we didn't see the arc at the end. I wish we had found a way to like explore the arc and then now it's time to get out and put your body in it or whatever. And then he doesn't get it. It felt like so much more visceral, I guess, like seeing his reaction, especially like with Catherine being like, you knew this was it. Like, just be mm-hmm. happy for them. Yeah. Because like, it is such a re- natural reaction because as much as I would be happy for my other self, I'd still be fucking angry and upset that I'm still stuck here dying. Wow. <laughs> like- <laughs> really selfish, Roxy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can feel two things at once. <laughs> Should we talk about the big question of this movie game? We should. I mean, I feel like we've kind of done it. Yeah, we actually have. And also, especially right here. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about it. Did you? Did, I have a thesis statement for this game. Okay. Um, okay. And I know you said it's kind of about a lot of things. So do you want to hear my thesis statement first? Or do you want to throw out six or seven of the things that you thought it was about? <laughs> I would love to hear your thesis statement on it. Hit me. I think the big idea is what does it mean to be alive? And then it's just iterations on that. If there are two of you, are you still alive? If you're on life support, are you still alive? If you're underwater, are you still alive? If you're isolated, are you still alive? And I liked that idea a lot because it did make me think like, oh, what's important to me? What would what do I think it means to be alive? And that's kind of like, I, I think this game is really kind of magic in the sense that it makes you answer that. And you get to decide... Does life support, does being the last member of humanity mean that you're alive? Does, is humanity alive if its last living person is on life support? And it's like, oh, well, to me, that does not constitute being alive because you can't hit certain criteria. And it like forced me to write down in words for maybe the first time in my life what I think it means to be alive. Okay. The things I wrote is I think it's important to speak, listen, and be heard. Okay. Because once you are um, unable to like express yourself, be it through art or music or poetry, that's you like, okay, now I'm alive. I am making something. I am in the world. I am doing something. I am speaking. It's to listen, which is like kind of the joy of exploration and travel and like taking in the world. What does the world have to say to you? And to be heard is about like, Community. It need, you need somebody to listen to what you're saying too, because otherwise you're just talking into a vacuum and who gives a shit. And so that's why I was like, okay, so other Simon, he can still speak. He can still listen. He just can't be heard. And that sucks. And that's a, a brutal thing, but he's still hitting two or three. So I was like, okay, therefore to me, he is still alive and I'm going to leave him still alive. Sarah. Mm-hmm. First of all, choice circumvents everything. She decided she didn't want to, but she had no one to, uh, no way to communicate with the world, no way to project herself, no way to put herself out there. She had nothing to listen to. She had no inputs. She was stuck in one room. And there was nobody around besides Simon, who shows up and is about to leave again, 
there's nobody for her to like tell her stories to. So there's just like, there's nothing. So it's like, of course I would kill her. Yeah, I think especially because like she asks you of her own free will mm-hmm. for this request. And it's like, I'm the only one who can do this for her. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, based on, you're talking a lot about like situational and kind of like sensory stuff. And it's just kind of like, yeah, what would be your purpose is what I think of. What is your quality of life? What is the day to day, you know, if you were stuck in this room by yourself that you cannot leave uh-huh. uh, with nobody else around you, no way to contact anybody because they're all dead or monsters. <laughs> um, and I guess it kind of made me think, like, especially when I was like, yeah, I would kill my second or my other self if they were going to be stuck here like this, because I would not, I wouldn't want that. So <laughs> I don't think she would want that. And either. who would know better um, than you? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's one of those things that you can make that choice for yourself. And then the game makes you make these choices for others. Right. As you go through. That's why so I don't think like what... you can get the Simon question wrong. I think the Simon yeah. question is whatever you would do is what they would want you to do. Yeah. And so I guess it's talking about the theory of living, but then also like what specifically being a human and being alive means. Like mm-hmm. what as a human do you find important? If you aren't in your physical body, can you still find fulfillment? Does that still feel... There's a questionnaire that the game has in the game that is, like, for people who are in the simulation that Mm -hmm. is, like, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like you're really disconnected? Do you feel like you're a stranger in your own body? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this scary to you? Do you hate it? Like, are you mourning your lost self or are you excited for a new adventure? (laughs) So good. (laughs) Especially because it's also about, like, how do you carry on, you know, when everything's gone, too? Like, can you put your past like physical self behind and kind of like focus on the future oh i always uh, especially can. because <laughs> especially because in this game you have simon sacrifice himself like twice essentially so that a version of himself can go on mm-hmm. so it's kind of like m- maybe if he was a different person he wouldn't be able to do that and you kind of see that perspective from a lot of the other characters in the game and i think it's interesting to think about it philosophically <laughs> in that sense like in concept and also personally to you what you would do in the situation or how you feel about it well and then also something that was kind of coming up for me a lot was this idea of parenthood Hmm. and how that plays into it how this like the splitting of yourself is not dissimilar than becoming a parent and like yeah the ending is of the uh the game that i love when he's left alone Mm -hmm. is not dissimilar from like the superman story Right, he has put himself, his his the extenuation of himself into okay. a, a vessel and sent it into the stars. This idea that like I would be super stoked for my child to survive the apocalypse, but for uh-huh. another me to survive the apocalypse would be different. Like I wouldn't see those things as different. Yeah. I'd be like, great, I'm oh. I'm on board with this. <laughs> I'm so okay. happy for everybody. It's involved here. Yeah, I mean, I can only think about it conceptually because I do not have children and don't necessarily plan on ever having any. (laughs) But (laughs) theoretically thinking about that, a child is like a completely different person from yourself, but they are connected to you. They're someone who you've like invested your hopes and expectations or like love into, you know, it. I feel like it's a lot easier uh, in some cases to love something separate from yourself or something exactly like yourself in this mm. case where it is just a copy of yourself. Yeah. Which I think people are going to react to that differently. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on what the big question this game was asking was? Um, I mean, it's essentially like what we've been talking about. Nothing really in addition, but I feel like it's such a loaded, like, 
like I said, philosophical question that we could just keep talking about that. We could make a whole series of podcasts. <laughs> like, this and concept alone. Subscribe yeah, exactly. to our Patreon for more <laughs> up our own asshole conversations about the <laughs> philosophy of being alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Roxy, let's talk about how likely we think this is to be real between one and nine, because there's that's those are the numbers that are possible. Number between 10 one does not exist. As Not to, yet. I got it in my head about, it, I was like, do we talk about how 10 doesn't exist if 10 doesn't exist? But the point is, no, 10 doesn't do. exist. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist. We how can likely, say its name, but that's it. How likely is this scenario to be real? How likely is it to come true? <laughs> I'll tell you my <laughs> answer. Okay. It's me. not just nine. It's 11. It's one <laughs> oh! higher than nine. Because it almost for sure already happened. <laughs> it is all, I am so confident that this game scenario or something like it has occurred no way well, has it not like in the history of the universe or the history of humanity we're in the arc roxy we are the oh arc. i see i gotcha uh it just Man. feels like so obvious that they're like on an endless timeline the idea that we never put our consciousness into a computer and shot it into space that's ridiculous to me i mean that's one of the theories right the simulation theory mm-hmm. <laughs> so- 100% who knows? If so, I'd like to speak to the programmers because we've had a pretty shitty, more than two years, but in particular, these two years. Oh, so. yeah. They've <laughs> like been to asleep speak at to the a wheel. manager. <laughs> yeah. They're like uh, uh, the developers of S- Square Enix's Avengers game. They're just like, <laughs> we delayed the story DLC. It'll come through at some point. But for now, just keep doing the same repetitive things in the one location we've rendered. <laughs> until you die of boredom and it's like i guess i will <laughs> i don't know if that game's good i haven't played it i have no idea either but that just that concept alone hits hard with it being quarantined still <laughs> and, and people trapped inside with winter storms and all i'd say for me it's kind of hard i'd say like in soma they've damaged the planet a ton it's one of the reasons why mm. the base is underwater and also they talk about how the world is kind of like fucked up so i feel like definitely we're gonna too many people in charge make bad decisions, at least right now. I'd love to be wrong about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, like, save our environment at the expense of getting paid. So I feel like definitely we'll destroy our planet. And sure, a comet would come and hit us. But I don't know if I have enough confidence in the fact that we would ever be able to come up with brain scan tech like this <laughs> before we make ourselves extinct. So, <laughs> Roxy, you just, <laughs> you just made huh? the first ever convincing argument for me to be on Team Comet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, oh, right? who am I rooting for right? here? <laughs> Sorry, what was so, your number? So I'm going to say a four, because I'd say, like, I don't okay. believe that we'd be able to do the brain scan tech yeah. uh, before we become extinct. So We're that's why it's dumb. not a five. So it's less than half okay. for me. All right, Roxy, what do you say we escape from this scary basement? Okay, I'm so ready to get out of here. If there is a monster, I will... Do like a Warning. little uh, duck and weave. I'll be like, oh, I'm going left, I'm going left, I'm going left. Ooh, ooh. Okay, maybe while you're distracting him, I can hit him with like this two by four that's over here. Okay, you ready? That worked? Okay. Here two we go. Three, two, one. Mm-hmm.